Medicine is Scare podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And uh, tonight we have, uh, well, a a few special things, but uh, we're going to be talking about some Christmas horror movies because we're coming up on Christmas time. And uh, we've, I, I know I've watched a few. You've watched a few, right, Joe? Yep. Christmas is certainly in the air. It is in the air. And um, uh, I watched a couple that weren't horror. And uh, and then I've got a ghost story at the end, Joe. Wonderful. Uh, That's my Christmas gift to me. Mm-hmm. And this one is more of a town legend. Yeah. Uh, sent to me by a resident of LeClaire, Iowa. Really? Yeah, LeClaire, Iowa. Fascinating. Um, hey, Matt, got a question for you. Yeah. Outside of the horror realm, what is your favorite Christmas film? Just outside of the horror. Well, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. That that's pretty much my favorite. Um, but I like, and I, it's really more of a Thanksgiving, I think, but I like home for the holidays, but I, I believe that is set on Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, it's a wonderful life. I, I also like, uh, the Reginald Owen version of a Christmas Carol, which is 19, I believe it's 1932 version of a Christmas Carol. That's my favorite Christmas Carol version. Yeah. It's the old, old, old one. But how about you? Uh, Die Hard. Ah. Hands down. I, that was all, I, se- that was an intricate <laughs> setup, wasn't it? No, no, not at all. Uh, I, I, I didn't have that locked and loaded ready to start some sort of internet argument, but no, I think it's just as much a Christmas film as it's a wonderful life is. I don't know about that, but it is uh, definitely a Christmas movie. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. If that doesn't say Merry Christmas, I don't know what does. Yeah. You didn't hear George Bailey saying that. (laughs) Maybe Zuzu. It might've been kind of fun. Uh, and Joe, I have to tell you that next episode, we have a huge surprise. Actually, it's not a surprise because I'm going to reveal it right now, but we have an, <laughs> we have an actor who is going to be joining us as a guest next, next episode, which will not be, I keep wanting to say next week. It's not next week. It'll be two weeks from now, actually Christmas week. In fact, it'll probably drop either the day before or the day after Christmas, something like that. But, um, Zara Mahler. Uh, actress from the movie The Wretched, which was one of my, uh, I'm not sure where it's going to land in my favorite horror movies of this year, but I'd say it's definitely in the, up there in the top 10 to 15, you know, once you get in that. It was very well done. She was fantastic in it. I Mm -hmm. hadn't heard of this film, but uh, very glad I watched it. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a very good movie. Uh, I also... I, I'm not sure how, but we follow each other on Instagram. So, and I don't know how that came about, but I do know that I went to a premiere a couple years ago of a, a, a horror anthology called Nightmare Cinema that had movies by Mick Garris and Joe Dante, uh, the guy who was who was the showrunner of Hannibal, the TV show Hannibal, which is sure. a fantastic TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a, a segment on there. I can't remember who else did. It was a, it was a pretty good uh, anthology, and uh, she was in that as well. So, uh, and so if you if you get a chance, well, 
definitely in the next couple of weeks, check it out before she, she comes, but I'm going to be looking for other movies that she's been in as well, but sure. she'll be our special guest in two weeks. Uh, it'll be like a Christmas present for it, us. Joe. It is a Christmas present. Exactly. Right. So, uh, I, I think that's all I have to announce, but I, I did, I do want to get out of the way. One movie that I saw, it's not a Christmas movie, but uh, except for the fact that it was released in the holiday season and that is freaky, uh, which was one you talked about last week or last yep. episode, you talked about it with Jimmy and I really liked it. I thought it was a, I thought it was very well done. I'm Let's not going to go it. too on online or on whatever. Oh, Amazon. it's uh on so you can get it on demand now yeah VOD. yeah it's it's 1999 or whatever so it's not worth it if you're just going to watch it by yourself but no if you're going to watch it with somebody else it's about like going out to the movies you know you know if saying? you charge admission and have like 20 people show up you know you can make oh. money on the deal yeah you are you'll yeah. actually get paid those for that. geniuses at amazon didn't think about that did they no they didn't <laughs> they didn't um I wonder if Amazon would pay you to have 20 people show up. That would be fantastic. But uh, it was good. I, I really liked it. I thought it was a, a good movie. I thought Vince Vaughn was great. I thought the girls were great. The kids uh, were really good. There were some great kills, some good practical effects. Uh, How it, about that Cameron Fry? Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yeah, the guy that played Oh, Cameron. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the right. shop yeah, teacher. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and he's in it. <laughs> Uh, it was, it was a good movie. I thought they did a great job with it. It was a lot of fun and it, it was perfect for what it was trying to be. I, w- I wish that, I don't know if there was, I, I know you had mentioned last time that the original title was supposed to be freaky Friday, the 13th, right? Right. Yep. And w- were they trying to get, I don't know if you looked this up, but were they trying to get the rights to have Jason and, and have it be a Friday, the 13th? kind of thing or not no i thought it was quite the opposite is that was the idea to call it freaky friday the 13th but not really to piggyback onto their franchise Mm. or capitalize off it it's just it was they had these plans to call it you know they didn't want to do just freaky friday so they were thinking well it's going to be set on friday the 13th and then we're going to release it on friday the 13th so it kind of made sense but they didn't they kind of took a step back after they realized, I'm sure the marketing department stepped in and was like, hey, you know, we're kind of impeding on another franchise here. Uh, so that's yeah. when they they cut it back. So, yeah. So um, I, it would have been cool, though, if they had done that, though, if it had been a Friday the 13th movie uh, where it's actually Jason switching with that person because sure. it wasn't just a serial killer. He was obviously a slasher killer. You right. know what I mean? Like, no. Yeah had greater strength than than a normal person he came back after being wounded and yeah. all of those things so it was really more like a slasher villain uh rather than just an average serial killer and he had a jason like mask you know? oh yeah yeah actually the mask they said was modeled after i mean it was supposed to resemble a like a flesh version of the jason Voorhees mask yeah uh so another non Christmas movie I watched was run. Uh, and I just wanted to touch on that really briefly because it, it was a pretty good movie. Uh, it's on Hulu. Uh, if you have a Hulu account, it's, it's free on Hulu with the account and it stars Sarah Paulson, Kira Allen, 
it, it was pretty good. It's a homeschooled teenager who is in a wheelchair begins to suspect that her mother is keeping a dark secret from her. So it's kind of a Munchausen by proxy sort of thing where the girl starts to suspect that her mom is keeping her sick uh, on purpose. And uh, so it's kind of about her trying to figure that out and escape and all of that. It was, it was pretty well done though. I liked it. Um, so I, I do recommend that one. And I, I just wanted to get to those just because we do have our, our end of the year episode, although we have Z- Z- Zara Baller, we might have to do our best movies of 2020 on the first episode when we come back from, you know, it's like a year in review. Yeah, like a new year in review because I think next week we'll be talking about her movies and and her and that kind of thing. So although we could, I could talk to her about whether or not she wants to contribute to the sure her favorite horror of 2020. Just depends on uh, how how much she's seen. Speaking of, uh, you mentioned Hulu of other streaming services. Have you gotten HBO Max yet? Yes, I do have it. Yeah. Okay. Now. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm assuming you've already heard the Warner Brothers news about, uh, you know, all of next year. Uh, and I know The Conjuring is going to be. It was on one of those 17 uh, films that was slated for 2021, one of their sequels. So, I mean, I granted, I feel terrible for the theaters. I, I think this is going to be another nail in the coffin. But selfishly, you know, there's a lot of movies that I don't know that I would have went to go see at the theaters just because of the price. Um, but there's still, you know, if it's, if I'm already paying 15 bucks a month for HBO max and these new releases are going to come right to my, you know, virtual doorstep, that is great news for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, that is great news. And we were already, you know, we already had HBO anyway. Uh, so we just switched over to HBO max and yeah, it's great. Uh, I haven't really explored it too much. I just added it last week, so I haven't had a chance to explore it too much. But it looks like they've got some good stuff and some HBO always has good shows. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the first Christmas horror movie that I saw was a little movie called Black Christmas from 2019. And uh, this one was, I got to say, I, I kind of... I felt like it had a good um, beginning to it. The first couple acts I really liked. I thought it had some, uh, some good tension to it. The girls, the actors were all, you know, great and everything or fine, you know. Uh, But I thought the third act just, I don't want to give away too much about what happens in the third act, but are the words you're looking for fell apart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Basically. And, and I, it, it's. I get what they were going for. It's not like I, I don't, I didn't understand what they were doing with this sort of a cult kind of situation. It just didn't. It just wasn't exciting to me. It was sort of like, well, they didn't really know what else to do. So, you know, I would have much rather just had it be a straight slasher and and go that route. Maybe even have it be a couple of those guys or whatever. But I, I like the the beginning. I like the middle, but the ending just it fell flat blase. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I agree. They really should have, you know, they went down the thrasher hallway and then stopped and turned around halfway through and came back and went down a different path. It just, 
it was really kind of meh, you know? It, yeah. I'm it sure it made money at the box office, but you know, it, it wasn't anything to go right home about. No, it wasn't. Uh, basically, a group of female students is stalked by a stranger during the Christmas break. And that is until the young sorority pledges discover that the killer is part of an underground college conspiracy. So I guess I'm not giving anything away with that. No. Uh, it's it's on the description of the movie. But it's, um, you know, I, I, I guess I could have known that if I'd read that. But, but often the way something's executed makes it, you know it just depends on how they execute it. So if you just tell me that that's what it is, then I might think, well, that's okay. Or I don't know if I like that idea, but how they execute it makes all the difference. And it just wasn't executed very well at all. No. I think once they left the sorority house and went to, you know, the, the fraternity house, things really went kind of haywire there. And, and you gotta roll your eyes continuously at the, writing and casting of the totally inept adults in this, yeah. uh, in, in this genre, oh, uh, yeah. the security guard that never really believes what's going on or the police yeah. officer that just, Oh, you crazy college kids. It's probably just a prank. Yeah. You know, come on. Yeah. No, come up with something new, especially with the police officer that just didn't make any sense. So yeah. Yeah. anyway, it, it's, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, trash on it too much because I did have a good time watching it. I mean, it wasn't like I didn't enjoy myself while I was watching it. I thought the ending should have been better um, for what had led up to that point was actually pretty good, but I'm, you know, if you're bored and you want to watch a horror movie that's based around Christmas, you could do worse, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. There's plenty it's of choices out there. If you look hard enough though. Yeah. It's certainly not as good as the original. Um, but that's it. it I, don't, I don't even know if it's trying to be, much like the original at all. It was just trying to be its own thing. So yeah. anyway, that's black Christmas from 2019. All right. And I too coincidentally watched the same movie. So I'm going to just skip on to my next one. Uh, this one's a, it's a favorite of mine. It's Krampus from 2015, the PG 13 holiday classic. Um, it's got Adam Scott in it and Tony Coletti and uh, David Ketchner is one of my favorites too. It's, it, I like this film. It was when it came out in 2015, I was just excited that there was a decent, uh, scary Halloween or not Halloween, but a Christmas based horror film. Um, I, I know there's others in the past, the, the black Christmases and whatnot, but this one just seemed new and fresh and you didn't really see a whole lot of that introduction of like a, a monster or beast in, in some of those other films. This was great. I, I own this personally in my collection. I watch it once a year. It's, it's a fun movie. The effects are done very well. Um, although I will admit until they start getting to the computer generated uh, gingerbread men, they, they're done in a way that I don't think they're meant to be as creepy as they are, but I, I think just because of, how they're styled it they're they come off really like something of a nightmare which i'm sure is exactly what they were going for but um adam scott and tony coletti that it's it's a great pairing they make decent you know role models as parents and um it's this is definitely one that everybody should add to their their holiday watch list i mean i don't i wouldn't put it up there with uh it's a wonderful life but i i still think you know if you're tired of the 
Hallmark Christmas specials, give this one a, a shot and, and you'll be pleasantly surprised. You'll get a kick out of it. All right. Yeah, that's that's a favorite of mine as well. Uh, my next movie is, I, I, I'm not going to call it a favorite, Joe. <laughs> I'm not going to call <laughs> it a favorite. It's Sleigh Bells from 2018. And the title is spelled S-A- or I'm sorry, S-L-A-Y-B-E-L-L-E-S. So it's like sleigh kind of bells. Play on words. Yes, play on words, right. <laughs> and <clears throat> basically it's Christmas Eve and three cosplaying women come across the malevolent Christmas demon Krampus. Uh, the girls must team up with Santa Claus himself to battle the creature and save the world. So this thing, it's um, it is... <laughs> It is directed by a guy named Spooky Dan Walker, and Spooky Dan is somebody who's who's uh, kind of a mover and shaker in the L.A. film world, especially horror film world. And I'm trying to get him on the show one of these weeks. Uh, he he actually has done quite a lot of uh, visual effects in his career, and so it'd be interesting to talk to him about that. He's only directed this movie and maybe some shorts, I believe. Um, but this one, it it's, let me just say it, it's a lot of fun. Don't go into it expecting anything great. If you're not a big horror fan, you're probably not going to like it. But if you're a big horror fan, you already have instilled in you this forgiving nature. <laughs> and, and so it, it's a, it's, it's a fun indie movie. And that's about, the size of it. It stars Barry Bostwick, uh, Christina Klebb, and Susan Slaughter. And Susan Slaughter's, I believe, a big like cosplay actress uh, who's around the horror world quite a lot. So, uh, it was like I said, a lot of fun, but nothing to take too seriously. It uh, is definitely indie, indie. But uh, they actually, it looked like they had some kind of budget here because it, it basically what the story is that the, there are these three girls and they have a show on YouTube. They're called the, I think they call themselves the Sleigh Bells. And they go have this show on, on uh, YouTube where they go around and look at abandoned places and go and just run around and and do goofy stuff in these abandoned places. So they decide to go to a place called Santa World, I think, or something. I think that's the name of it. Santa Village, maybe, which is a defunct uh, a defunct amusement park centered around Santa Claus and Christmas and all of that, right? So it's got all it, it's got some cool sets. I wonder if it really was a place because it looks like that were actual buildings made to look like Christmas and there were rides that are Christmas themed or whatever that are all rusted out and abandoned, obviously. But so they go into this place, they break in and go running around and doing all kinds of goofy stuff. And of course it turns out that they're not alone there, that there is the real Santa Claus is there and the real Krampus is there. And so they've got to fight their way out of there, out of that park along with Krampus or along with Santa. So it, 
it's just silly fun. There's nothing serious about it at all. Have a couple drinks late at night. You got nothing else to do. Turn it on. It is a lot of silly fun, but I thought it was pretty well done. I thought they did a good job and you could tell that the cast had a lot of fun making this thing. So anyway, it's, it's one to look into, especially if you are a Christmas or a holiday uh, horror movie completist, then you might want to check it out. Sleigh Bells from 2018. All right, my turn. This this is going to be my holiday gift to our dozens of listeners out there. Uh, this is a treat for all of your senses. And I don't know how much you people paid to download and listen to this podcast, but whatever it is, it, it's totally worth it. Just because of this little gem, I'm going to unwrap for you guys. I watched on Amazon Prime the 2018 Christmas classic, Santa Jaws. And yes, it is just as bad as you might think it is. This has nobody in it. There's no cast. There's no um, budget. It's just uh, this movie makes Sharknado and Birdemic look like Academy Award winning things. Uh, The storyline behind this is this teenage kid, he ends up, he's a comic book artist, of course, because everybody, every teenage kid is nowadays. And he's come up with this comic book about a character called Santa Jaws. And it's Christmas time and his grandfather, who he's best pals with, decides to somehow get him this magical ink pen and everything that he starts inking over starts to come to life including Santa Jaws and they live like in this Harbor village or something like that. And somehow, even though the easiest simple thing would be to just stay the hell out of the water, they keep getting close to it. There's a big like holiday boat parade or something going on. And these kids are bound to determine. And of course it's only the kids, the, the adults, again, they're inept. They, they don't want to pay attention to what the kids are saying. Um, The kids are trying to band together to stop this giant shark with blazing red eyes and somehow magically ends up having a Santa Claus hat on his dorsal fin. Um, the, the graphics in this movie are just deplorable. They're hideously bad. Um, the acting is terrible. I mean, I, I, this is not a serious film by any stretch of the imagination. If you go in there looking for one of those movies you can make fun of, like the Birdemics and the Sharknados, this is it. The, this is something that you and your friends should be sitting around with a couple glasses of loaded eggnog and watching on a Friday night and just having a good laugh. Um, don't, don't expect anything phenomenal out of it. I've given you fair warning, but Amazon prime Santa jaws, trust me, this will be a way that you can kill 88 minutes on a Friday night. So there you go, Matt, add that to your Christmas list this year. I will definitely have to check that out (laughs) next year. (laughs) Uh, My next movie was uh, a really a classic horror film of Christmas time. That is, uh, Well, it was quite controversial when it first came out, but it's called Silent Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984. And this movie 
that was actually very controversial. The idea of Santa Claus coming and killing people uh, hadn't really been done on wide release before. It had been done in maybe some smaller indie movies and that sort of thing. But this was a wide release film. It was all over the place. It came out in Iowa. Uh, so, which, you know, means that it's everywhere. If it can yeah, make it to Iowa, it's it's got to be global. Well, Especially back then. Uh, now yeah. you guys get everything anybody gets. But uh, I, in fact, I was pretty impressed with some of the selection at the movie theaters there when I was there last year. But uh, but the uh, but back in those days, if it came to Iowa, that meant it was in wide, wide release. Hey, speaking of Iowa, you know, you realize who's in this movie? No, Lene Quigley from Davenport, Iowa. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, no. she was oh. trash in uh, the Return of Living Dead. The pink uh, hair oh. punk that danced naked on the she's was uh, in another like Night of the Demons or something that I watched. Is she the one who got impaled on the on the uh, antlers? Oh, I don't know. I oh. honestly, I, I it's been ages since I've seen this movie. Okay, uh, she might. She, she might have. She played she Denise in Denise. Yeah. Uh, let me see, because it, she might be the girl. Yeah, I believe she was the girl that. Yeah, she's the one who got impaled on the on the antlers. We we have to hunt her down for for an interview. No pun intended. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, we probably. Uh, You'd probably... swear I'd bump into her at a grocery store or something around here. <laughs> yeah, I know she goes to a lot of those uh, uh, horror conventions and stuff like that. So she's yeah, actually we'll to... she's already signed up for Midwest uh, Horror Com. Or oh, is uh, she? Midwest, oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, this movie it it was pretty shocking. I I even by today's standards, there were some scenes I was like, well, especially at the beginning, there was a scene. Basically, a family is driving to their grandparents' house for Christmas, and they come upon uh, a car, which we've already noticed that this guy dressed up as Santa Claus has already killed somebody. He robbed a gas station and killed the attendant, and so this family's driving along these country roads at night on Christmas Eve and they, they come upon a station wagon pulled in the middle of the road. And it's the Santa Claus who just killed a state gas station attendant. Well, he comes and, and uh, kills. It's a family of four. There's a baby, a young boy, a mom and a dad. And this Santa Claus basically comes and kills the mom and dad in front of the little boy, the little boy's hiding in the bushes and he got out of the car, runs over, hides in the bushes and, and basically watches his parents being murdered. And so him and his brother both are sent to an orphanage to live run by some nuns. And so I, as you can probably guess, he grows up into a teenager and, and, one and he has a, a terrifying or a, a, a horrible fear of Santa Claus, right? And so, as a teenager, he gets a job at some store, and they have a Santa Claus there. And the Santa Claus uh, is, or they they hired a Santa Claus to come to the store. Santa Claus can't show up, so they asked this kid if he would dress up as Santa Claus because they didn't have anybody else to do it. And so he does, and he kind of becomes insane and becomes like the killer Santa Claus that he saw when he was a kid and starts killing people. That's basically all of the, um, uh, that's all of the, you know, whatever 
backstory you're given on this thing. And it's really just about getting Santa out there killing people. And it was pretty uh, tasteless <laughs> for the time, even for now. There, there was it was a, you kind of wanted to take a shower after you were done. Uh, just the way it was shot, it was very grainy, very, uh, very uh, raw, and the kills. There were a few that had some okay effects, but most of them they kind of cut away before you saw too much. But um, I, I can't say I recommend this, except for those people who who really want to see an old horror movie that's set around Christmas because there weren't many at the time there was black Christmas, but it was really that it was only the fact that it was at Christmas time that it was called black Christmas silent night. Deadly night was actually about a Santa Claus going around killing people. So uh, I'm going to disagree, Matt. I'm going to say, I'm going to recommend this because I mean, like I said, I haven't watched this thing in decades, but I remembered loving it when I was a kid and that thing came out and I finally got a chance to rent it from my local blockbuster or whatever was around. But uh, no, I I'm glad you brought this up because I'm going to run right out and try to find another copy and watch this one over again. I loved it as a kid. Yeah. Well, be my guest. I, I, uh, <laughs> I just, you know, and I, I don't know. It just didn't click for me. I know a lot of people love it and I know like online I'll, I'm in, horror groups online. I'll hear people talking about it, how much they love it and everything. But I, I, I had seen it way back in the day too, but I really didn't remember much about it. Uh, and I, I just really didn't care for it. That's all. Um, Oh, what was your next one? Or was that your, that, that was it. Those were my three. Okay. And then the last one I had was uh, Krampus. I watched that one too. And again, I really love this one as well. I, I won't go too far into it because you talked about it, but uh, this one was directed by Michael Doherty. I don't know if you mentioned that, but he's the same no. guy who directed uh, Trick or Treat. And, oh, right. Yeah. And that's really one of my favorite horror movies of the last, you know, couple decades. I love that movie, the look and the feel. And and Michael Doherty, he just, he has this sense of, of, artistry in his movies and everything is just beautifully shot. Everything looks great. It looks like an idyllic Christmas. And until of course things start going haywire, he also has a very dark sense of humor, which borders on almost too dark at times, but it, he has a very dark sense of humor that, that sort of, you know, adds into it. I love the beginning, the, the open, uh, the opening credits, uh, are in slow motion the, of all these people running into the, the store with the, yeah yeah and and tearing at at gifts and all of that which makes me wonder why uh this kid was the only one who ruined christmas i mean there's <laughs> a lot of people acting be misbehaving well i'm sure krampus had several little houses he had to visit around the the world on that one night yeah, it did seem like the neighborhood, the whole neighborhood was kind of had yeah. kind of gone nuts. But and I love the ending. I thought I think the ending is is absolutely perfect. I know there were a lot of people uh when when it was over were like, "Oh, I hated that ending," but I loved it. I thought it was perfect. It's kind of what you need with a Christmas movie. Yeah. And well, not only that, but it's not a happy ending. Like yeah. every every like you're not quite sure what's going on, but you know that it, they're not really back to real life. Something has, has gone wrong. And uh, so, I, I mean, if you haven't seen it, hopefully I didn't spoil it too much for you, but it's a, it's just a solid movie. I, I think it's one that I, I haven't watched since it came out, but 
I think I'd like to put it on my yearly rotation of Christmas horror movies that I'm going to watch from now on. The only thing I didn't care for about the character of Krampus, like the physical, I guess, costume, for lack of a better word, his face is frozen. And I wish it was more animated. Yeah, you know, I noticed. I, yeah, I noticed that too. That I, I, I'm not. I mean, it was a creepy face, but it almost looked like a mask more than anything. And I'm not sure. Yeah. But they all kind of had that aesthetic too. Even the elves had sort of like masks. Yeah, you would have. I mean, I would have thought if he was his face was more animated, it could have been a little bit creepier. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I there's something to be said for you know, that frozen face on him that's, yeah. you know, it's so blank and you can't read anything off of him. So you don't, you know, that in itself is scary, I guess, but yeah, I, I, I personal only, preference. I didn't mind the face so much. I didn't care for the fact that his mouth just kind of hung open the whole yeah. time. Like it, that yeah. didn't make sense to me. Like it, you would, I would have thought that he'd be able to move his mouth a little sure. bit, you know, yeah, um, because his eyes were, sort of animate, you know, like he, they, you could see his eyes glistening or whatever, and you could see different things, but either don't show the face really, or keep it in shadow a little bit or whatever, or have it be able to make some kind of movement. I don't necessarily CGI obviously, but, but have it be able to do something. Yeah. I, I I agree with that, but But the overall concept, the overall design of the character is just, Mm -hmm. it's, it, I, they nailed it. Yeah, no, and everything, that's the way he is, I think, uh, because it's the same, it was the same thing with Trick or Treat. He, they have a, they had an aesthetic and a, des, and a design that they were going for, and they stuck with that design concept. You know, yeah. they didn't get off of that. They, everything ties in together. And, and I, I just think he's great. I, I wish he would make more movies. I know they're making, they're supposed to be making a Trick or Treat 2, which I'm, I'd be, I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, and also, uh, I was actually going to mention this at the top of the show, but Cinescare has produced their own little movie. Yes, uh, a, sh- a short called Lockdown that you can find on uh, YouTube right now. We will be posting uh, the link to that on on the Cinescare Facebook page. It's already on my Facebook and um, but it's on, it's on YouTube. It's called lockdown. It was a little movie that I shot with my wife and her sister and, and wrote and everything. It was just, I have this equipment that I got because I've been wanting to do some shorts and we were just kind of fiddling around. So it's a lot of, it's a kind of a fun little thing. You could check it out. It's only like four minutes long. So I think you guys had a higher production quality than Santa Jaws. That. That's a yeah. big compliment. Yeah, it's a, a huge big, step up. Uh, yeah. It's a huge step. Uh, yeah. So, Joe, I know you like ghost stories. I I love them. I eat them for breakfast. And, well, I can tell you one thing. I've got one for you. <laughs> this one comes from the town of LeClaire. God, all the way over in LeClaire, Iowa. In LeClaire, Iowa. So, I don't know if you know this about LeClaire, Joe, but LeClaire... I know a lot about LeClaire, Matt. Do you, so do you know it, a lot of LeClaire Le, Le oh, yeah. history? Oh, Yes. Well, it's the Le, home of uh, several people. Well, his uh, childhood home of, of Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Buffalo Bill, Bill. Cody. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Billy the Kid, but I knew that was wrong. Yeah, no, he's the, it was the childhood home of Buffalo Bill Cody. And in fact, he was born just a... Well, he was actually born just north of Princeton, which is right. uh, about 10 miles north of... of 
Leclerc, if that. Yeah. And he was born on like a in a log cabin on on the Wapsipinicon River, which is actually another ghost story we could tell sometime. the 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 ghost story of the Wapsipinicon. Yeah. I don't. Do you know that story? I've heard of it. I don't know that it's ever been told to me. Oh, well, maybe one of these times we can tell it, or 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 I'll tell it to you. So. But this is a different kind of story, Joe. This has to do with a, a little girl and a riverboat pilot. Now, back in the day, back before the locks and dams on the Mississippi River, the river could get kind of rough. It, there were a lot of rapids in the, in the Mississippi River. The locks and dam system that they set up in the, in the mid-century, uh, they, they uh, basically worked to... Uh, slow down the river and make it more navigable for uh, for riverboats and barges and all of that kind of thing. But at one time, there was a real strong rapid uh, system from Leclerc through Bettendorf down to about Davenport, okay, which is about, what, is, what would you say that is, 20 miles maybe? Yeah, 15, Some, 20, somewhere around in there. River yeah. miles, yeah. Yes. <laughs> is that different than land miles? Yes. It is. There's a, it's a whole different system. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, but the, the problem was that the, that just that patch there required a different kind of riverboat pilot. They needed, it needed a, a pilot that could navigate those rapids. So in You keep Le- saying pilot. Do you mean captain? No, pilot. They the, actually are called pilots? They are called pilots, yeah. The, the guy who's that. actually driving the boat is a pilot. He's a pilot. Yeah, the All captain right. is the guy who's in charge of the boat. Uh, oh, and normally okay. the captain or his first mate or whatever would be driving the boat. But when you got to Leclerc, they would pull into the docks there. And a, and a rapids pilot would come on to the boat. So Special at one time... Yes. So at one time, the... Leclerc, the town of Leclerc, had more riverboat pilots and riverboat captains per capita than any other town or city on the Mississippi River, including New Orleans. No idea. Now, the caveat there is per capita. So (laughs) there's 12 people that live in Leclerc. (laughs) Yeah. If you've ever driven a boat, there's more (laughs) riverboat captains per capita in your house than. Yeah. Yeah. So at any rate, uh, that's still a big deal, Joe. And a lot oh, of those, yeah. those those big houses up there on the hill in Leclerc were riverboat captain and riverboat pilot's houses. They made pretty good money. So one of these riverboat captains uh, was a guy named Daniel Barriger. Daniel Barriger, Joe. Okay. And he had a daughter who had, unfortunately, had some sort of sickness like uh, whatever they had back then. Uh, I've heard a couple different things, but... Uh, I, I believe like consumption or something like that, whatever it was. She's sick. She's dysentery. Dying. Let's go dysentery. We'll go with dysentery. She's okay. dying at home and they know it's going to be any day now, but she's, 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 she's hanging in there. The girl's just not dying. And uh, <laughs> so bring out your dad. Yeah. So he's the, this captain, Daniel, he is he, he he's been waiting, waiting. He wants to be there with his daughter, but there's a storm coming and the rapids are really strong this time of year. It's June. And he has to leave. He's gotta he's gotta go. And the doctor's like, Well, 
she could be, she could go any day now. And he's like, well, I have to go. I have to drive this, this boat down to Davenport, but I will come back. I'll, I'll, I'll catch, you know, the next boat back. I'll drive the next boat back and I'll get here and I won't even be gone a day. So his, his daughter says, daddy, don't worry. I'll wait. Just prop me up in the window over here. I will wait for you to come back. Right. So Daniel, Captain Berenger or the whatever pilot, he pilot gets Berenger. on, he gets on this, on this riverboat and he pilots it down to Davenport. But in the meantime, there's this awful storm. Uh, there are tornadoes in the area. There's flooding. And so he's stuck in Davenport overnight. He can't get back and he can't get a boat. He can't get a boat back until later on the next day. And he's praying, please, Lord, let my baby, you know, live and, and, and let me make it back in time. Unfortunately, little, little Susie didn't have much time left, Joe. Was that her name? Sue? I don't, I don't remember you telling me her name. Yeah. It's Susie. Susie, okay. Susie, Susie Berenger. Berenger. Susie okay. Berenger. And, uh, yes, I, we're going to, we're going to go with that name. <laughs> she can't make it. She dies in the window waiting for her dad to come home. But, ah, you know what? I think I just screwed up this story. Oh, you're well, kidding. all right. So let me tell it the way it should have been told. So the dad prays to God that he will come back or that, 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 that his daughter will, will, will make it through the night and make it until he gets home. So he's driving the pilot, he's driving his boat back and he can see as he's coming into Leclerc, he can see his, his uh, house up there on the hill. And he can see even the figure of his daughter in the front window of the house that's overlooking the Mississippi river. And he's like, yes, she made it. She made it. And he gets off the boat and runs his way home, comes up the front door, runs upstairs into her bedroom. The bedroom's empty. And he didn't notice that there were a bunch of people in the living room, all dressed in black. See, this story would have been so much better if I... I, (laughs) How do you you not notice all these people in your home dressed in black? Well, because he was so excited to see his daughter. He runs up there and they come up and they're like, what are you doing? The his wife and, and his, his probably his brother or whoever, the doctor, what are you doing? What's going on? And he's like, well, I came up here to see Susie. I saw her in the window. Where is she? Where is she? Where's my Susie? And they're like, honey, he died. She died yesterday. She's down at the funeral home right now being prepared for a funeral. So the people in the town of Leclerc say that on a stormy night in June, if you look closely at that captain's house, you'll see a soft face looking out at you in the middle of the night on on those rainy nights. That that astounding. That's that should give you the creeps. It should give you, you know, the chills. It's, it's it's the water miles. I think that people just don't realize are like ten times longer than yeah. land miles. No, he was. That was the calculation. Normally, uh, Normally I could walk to Leclerc in like an afternoon, but you know, in the water that would take like three years. Oh yeah. No here to there. Yeah. Water miles. It's like twice. So yeah. that's the problem. Cause they're so was, deep. Yeah. But back in those days too, you know, they had horse and carriage. They weren't, he wasn't getting back there in time and the poor Susie no. died. Yeah. So uh, everybody, please uh, send us your ghost stories. We're starting to run low. And uh, if you can tell by I can't story. imagine why. <laughs> so, I'm going to have to go walk 
to Leclerc and start going through the the graveyards and see if I can find Susie Berger. Berger. Look for her in the graveyard. I'll look for her. Yeah. In the Fenno Cemetery. All right. Uh, any uh, anything else, Joe? Have you got no, I, th- <laughs> I think that about wraps it up for this holiday episode of Cinescare. Yes, uh, and uh, everybody. Well, actually, we'll be back before Christmas. Our next episode, like I said, is going to have Zara Mahler, and uh, so that is definitely going to be one to wake the kids and phone the neighbors uh, to make sure everybody is involved in listening to that one because it's going to be a good one. Because uh, she's a big time star, Joe. You don't yeah. just get big time stars she's all the time. Too good for us. I, she's slumming yeah. it coming mm-hmm. on our show. So anyway, well, Joe, we did it again. Yes, uh, I, I was touch and go there for a while, especially during the ghost story. But we we pulled yeah, it out at the we end. We pulled it out. We pulled it out. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you guys have a great couple of weeks. We will see you on Christmas week. Probably our next episode. Well, this episode will come out later this week, and then our our, that episode with Zara Mahler will come out uh, sometime Christmas week. So, all right, all right. Well, that's it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone.